Uh, just a question. You know, what difference does it make if we put Jesus' teachings into practice in our lives? Does it make any difference? Some people would argue, no, it doesn't make any difference. You know, Jesus' Jesus' teachings are just generic. All religions teach the same thing. All roads lead to Rome. You know, all dogs go to heaven. Uh, Jesus didn't have anything especially special to say. And, uh, you know, my experience being a pastor, it's going on 40 years. It's a long time. I hate to say that. It really ages me. But my experience is that the average church goer in America, and I'm including our church, and so I hope you don't take this too personally, or maybe you, you, you do if it applies. The average churchgoer in America kind of looks at putting Jesus's teachings into practice as it's in the optional category, like optional. Now, you know, you may hear that and go, really? I'm a little offended by that. Well, don't be offended. There isn't any research about committed churchgoers in America where their beliefs and their behaviors are surveyed, where that isn't reflected in the results. There isn't any. It's been going on for 50 years. It's been like this in America, maybe longer, that people actually say when they're asked, a large majority of people who call themselves followers of Jesus, you know, regular churchgoer kind of people, really believe that Jesus' teachings are optional. They're good, and, it, and your life will be better if you practice them. But if you don't, you know, you're not gonna, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And I don't want to argue that point. I just want to tell you, and, and you know, you, could, you can push back with me after church and talk to me about that. I, and I'll send you some links to this. And, and I can tell you just from my anecdotal experience, I've sat with people in our church and talked to them about certain things. And they've looked at me and just said, I'm not going to do that. And I kind of go, really? Do you think this is just John? You know, Pastor John? Like that makes a difference when I put that in front of it? And I go, really? You, isn't, that, isn't that something Jesus said? Yeah, but I'm not going to do it. And I go, okay, cool. I don't know. <laughs> how, long have you been, how long have I been teaching you? How long have you been here? But it's, it's not an unusual thing. And, and I think probably... Most of us have passed through that kind of season in our lives, but I want to just look at a passage where uh, Jesus, at the end of the, the, his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he, he sums it up with this simple little parable, and I want to read it to you. It's in Matthew 7, verse 24 to 29, and if, if you want to read it uh, along with me, under the chair seats in front of you, there are paperback Bibles that look like this. And uh, we're going to just stay essentially in this one passage so we won't be jumping around. But it's page uh, 673. Here's what it says. So at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, you know, the famous blessed are this, blessed are that. Uh, you've heard it said, but I say that that whole discourse, it's chapter 5, chapter 6, and it goes all the way to the end of chapter 7 of Matthew. Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise person who built their house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. 
The rain came down, the streams, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. So his point's simple. Putting his teachings into practice is like the difference it makes to build a house on a foundation of rock or build a house on a foundation of sand. Both houses outwardly looked exactly the same. You, You get that point? You look at two houses, one's on rock, one's on sand, they look exactly the same. The difference, which was exposed by the rain and the floods and the wind, was the foundation that they were based, uh, built on. And so he's saying, you know, if, if, you, if you apply that to, to church-going people, he said the people that hear his word, so you can be a person that loves the Bible, loves to hear preaching, listen to podcasts, memorize the scripture, Really, you know, maybe you've taken courses on Greek at a a local Bible college. You've audited them. And you have certain preachers you love to listen to on the radio. And there's two groups who are exactly the same in that respect. But the ones who actually put it into practice consistently are the ones who build their lives on the rock, on Jesus. The other ones are built on sand, and it looks okay. Now, you may say to me, well, gosh, John, you know, I have a really cool patio, on my, a, a stone patio, a brick patio in my backyard. If you look at the brick, it's just sand underneath it. Well, that's cool, you know. You can put your, your, uh, your outdoor grill on that patio. It won't collapse, but I, I encourage you not to build your house on it. You will find it will not hold up the way it does under the weight of your grill or people walking on it or hundreds of people walking on it. It, it just doesn't work. And Jesus could used as kind of a parable, and everybody got it, because everybody knew about foundations in their culture, and most of us do too. But what I want to do is, I want to just take you through some, bit, some consequences of putting Jesus' teaching into practice. So these are outcomes of actually putting Jesus' teachings into practice. So one of the first things it does is, when you put Jesus' teachings into practice, It invites God into your story, the story of your life, what's happening in your life when you begin to actually consistently put Jesus' teachings into practice and the the teachings of the whole Bible because Jesus' teachings in Scripture are consistent. You will see God breaking into your life. There's an actor. I don't know if you guys know this, but in Hollywood and entertainment, there's there's something of a revolution going on right now about people of faith that there are tons of people coming to faith in the entertainment industry. And some of them are vocal about them some, of them, some of them aren't, but they're starting to rise through the ranks of, you know, uh, acting and all its expressions from the stage to film to TV. And uh, one of them, there's a, a young man named Remy Adaliki, and he was in Transformers. That was one of the most recent movies he's in. And... Uh, if you want to see his story, you can go on I Am Second. I don't know if you guys ever s- have seen the website I Am Second, but it's, a, it's these amazing stories of all these people. A lot of them, you see them there in the news, who have come to faith in Christ, and it's their stories of the struggles that they had with alcoholism or the, sh- or the struggles that they had with abuse or struggles that they had with affluence or struggles they had with their identity or just you name it. And they sit, it's a, they sit and they just tell their story. Well, Remy was talking about how he grew up in the Bronx, 
in a pretty rough area. He's African-American. And how uh, there wasn't any male role models that, you know, his dad left his family when he was young. And he just got involved with the music and the culture that he was surrounded by. Uh, just basically said, you know, we don't know what a man is, but a man does this and this and this. And it led to him getting into sort of low-level street crime. And, and, and he said one day he was, he was in trouble, but he wasn't like under arrest or in some bind. But he said he was laying down, and he said he just heard this voice that said, you should join the military. And he had just been to uh, several movies with his mom, and one of them was, uh, oh, shoot, I forget. Anyway, it, it gave him the idea about the Army and defending people. And, you know, like he was thinking about his life and how he was exploiting people, and he saw these figures on the screen that were giving their lives up to protect people. And he said it, it, this thing just moved him, and he joined the military. And while he was in the military, you know, he qualified for special forces, and he became a SEAL, Navy SEAL. And he was up training in this real hardcore uh, wilderness training that you know, these special forces do up in Alaska. And he said he was all by himself, and it was really cold. And he said it was totally quiet. He just couldn't hear anything. And he said all he could hear was what was inside him. And he began to think about how he, had, he used to steal from his mom and all the things he did. And he had this conversion experience out in the middle of nowhere. Because, you know, a lot of times people have, have had their intersections with the gospel. But he just, you know, had uh, kind of dismissed it. And anyway, he had a, a conversion experience. And so and, and as that part of his life went on, he got married, had a kid. And then again, this voice, and he realized now it was God's voice. He didn't know it was God's voice when he was in the Bronx. But... God's voice came and said, I want you to leave the military. And he thought, well, you know, I learned in the military, you don't quit one job until you have another job. And he goes, I don't know where I'm going. And the voice just go. So he quit. Anyway, he only had six months of savings. And one thing led to another. And he gets a, a, a job being an extra in a movie. And they liked him so much, they kept sort of giving him more parts that the director kept saying you know why don't you get that guy to come do this he was just there for like supposed to be there for a day like just an extra and for some reason the director liked him and pretty soon as the movie keeps filming they keep coming back to him and saying would you change your contract and stay another week and then, and then three weeks then they started giving him lines in the movie then they moved from lines in the movie to he became like a, a part of the cast literally not just you know Soldier says, what should I do, sir, to, you know, interacting with the main characters. And it just, all of a sudden, his life just changed. And he tells a story about how this whole thing started. At every point, he just heard God's voice and he just said, yes, I'll do it. And as he did it, God came into his story of his life, even before he knew who God was. What was interesting was the movie that inspired him to go in the military was directed by a guy named Michael Bay, and the movie Transformers that he got this bit part in was directed by Michael Bay, who for some reason uh, you know, took a liking to him and kind of launched his career. And if you begin to put Jesus' teachings into practice consistently, you will see God getting involved in your story. You'll also see that he will secure you, like the parable says, in the storms of life. It doesn't say you won't face the storms of life. Both houses 
were beset by wind and rain and floods. They, they, you don't escape hardship and difficulty if you're following Jesus. But what following Jesus does is secures you in a way that if he's the rock and sand, Jesus is making a pretty bold statement. Do you understand the implications of this? He's saying there's two foundations that you can build your life on. Rock, me, sand, everything else. Now that is not likely to get a really warm reception in our culture today because it just sounds so narrow-minded. But it's one of those things that Jesus said that you, you can't look at and dismiss. Because it, it's not ambiguous, the point he's making. Now, you may not like it, and you may disagree with it. And you may have arguments against that point of view. But it is clearly the point of view when you read the teachings of Jesus. He says... It's not just my words, it's me. My words come from me, the person. Your faith, the faith that will secure you in the storms of life is faith in me. It's not faith in a way of believing. It's not faith in a creed, like we didn't read the Apostles' Creed today. The Apostles' Creed won't, won't change your life. It's an expression of what people have believed about Jesus for 2,000 years. But it's not what changes your life. The person that the creed, or the God, the Father, Son, and Spirit, the creed stresses is who changes your life. And that's what Jesus is saying here. And when our, like just say, we, you know, we talk about core longings. Love, security, understanding, purpose, significance, belonging. Those six core longings every human being has. When the storms of life hit your life, those core longings get threatened. And if you put your core longing for, let's just say, being significant in your job, you're putting your core longing in something you can lose. And when you lose it, then 